probably going to have a lesson time in the dark. Um, hey, how was your guys' day? It's so good. Boxlet is so fun. I'm glad that everyone survived it. Um, wasn't sure for some of you there, but uh, but hey, it was it was a good good time. Well, um, I, I've had a, a great weekend, and um, I've enjoyed what we've gotten to talk about so far. Um, but I think we should start off with a little bit of review tonight. Uh, so I brought Bartholomew with us here. So we began at the beginning of the story, right? The beginning of creation. We talked about how God is the potter, how he made everything that exists, how it all belongs to him. It's all his. He rules. He reigns over all of it. But he made people special. He made us in his image. Unique among all of creation, he made us by his hand, in his image. Every one of us, scripture tells us, is knit together by him in our mother's womb. We are fearfully, wonderfully made. We're made in his image for the purpose of knowing him, of loving him, and of serving him, of worshiping him forever, of bringing him glory. That's how he designed us. It's why he made us. But we have a problem, don't we? We have the problem of sin. Because sin came into this world because sin exists in our hearts, in our lives. This image that we were made in, this purpose that we were made for, it's distorted. Woo! Just like this music stand is distorted. Um, it's distorted. It's smashed. It, it, it's not what it was meant to be. We're not what we were meant to be. The image of God in us is, is distorted by our sin. Our purpose is distorted by our sin. We're unable to fulfill the purpose that God made us for, that purpose of knowing and loving and serving and worshiping and praising him. Like a broken piece of glass. saw this all out of Ephesians chapter 4. If you want to open back up there tonight, we'll continue on in Ephesians chapter 4. We left off around verse 19. So let's pick up there this evening. We'll go to 18. Um, touching briefly on Paul's description of life as a, as a smashed snowman. Life being separated from our purpose of knowing and loving and serving God. The life of a sinful human being. This is how he describes it. He says, they are darkened in their understanding. Their, their minds are darkened. Their eyes are darkened to the truth of God. They're alienated from the life of God. Their spirit is dead because of the ignorance that is, that is in them due to their hardness of heart. Remember, we said that this life as a smashed snowman, our, our state because of our sin, is one of a mind that is darkened to the truth of God, a heart that is hardened to the love of God, and a spirit that is dead, alienated from the life of God. That's what Paul describes in verses 18 and 19. But then look at verse 20. Because at the very beginning of verse 20, there's a word that brings us 
or should bring us so much hope and so much joy. He says, this is what we are. We're a smashed snowman, unable to save ourselves. Our minds are darkened, our hearts are hardened, and our spirits are dead. And then in verse 20, he says this, but, but that is not the way you learned Christ, assuming that you assuming that you have heard about him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus. So this is what you were. This is who you were, but that's not who you are if you have heard Christ. Now, I'm reading out of the ESV, right? There are a lot of different translations of the Bible that the, this letter that we're reading that Paul wrote to Ephesus, it wasn't originally written in English, it was written in Greek. Um, I like the ESV usually, but, but in this particular verse, I think it gets something wrong here. Because it says, that's not now who you are if you have heard of Christ. But in the Greek, that of isn't there. So in the original language, this doesn't say that's not who you were or that's not who you are if you have heard of Christ. See, we've all probably heard of Christ. Everyone in here, you've probably heard the idea that Jesus died for your sins. You've probably heard of it. But just hearing of it is not what transforms you. No, what he's saying there is that's not who you are if you have heard Christ. Meaning that if you've heard the gospel, if you've heard the truth of God, if it's been applied to you by the Holy Spirit of God in such a way that you have been changed and transformed by that truth, then this is no longer who you are. If you've not just heard of Jesus, but you've heard him, not with your ears, but you've heard him in your spirit. You've heard the truth of God. Your eyes have been opened to the truth of God. Then you are now a new creation. And he goes on to explain what that looks like. He says, that is who you were. But if you have heard Christ, you've heard the truth of the gospel and put your faith and your trust in Jesus as your only hope for salvation. And this is now who you are. See, he changes us. This is your old self, but now you have a new self. Assuming that you have heard him and were taught in him as the truth is in Jesus. To put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires. And then he goes on to explain what the new self looks like. He says this, and to be renewed in the spirit of of your mind. You see, the first thing that happens when we are made new in Jesus is that our eyes are opened to the truth. Our eyes that were darkened by sin to the truth of God are now renewed. Our minds are renewed, our eyes are opened, and we're no longer deceived by the lies of sin. We're no longer tricked, we're no longer fooled by the lies of sin. Lies that tell us, if you do this, then you'll feel fulfilled. If you do this, then you'll have purpose. If you do this, then you'll be happy. Lies that, that tempt us to trade the truth about God for a lie. 
the truth about our purpose, the truth about our reason for being, for life, to worship creation rather than creator. See, if we've been made new by Christ, then our eyes are no longer blinded to his truth, but our minds are renewed that we might see clearly our true purpose, knowing and loving and serving God. Our eyes are made new. Our minds are made new. And then in verse 24, he says this, and to put on the new self, created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. The new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. What is holiness? Holiness is being set apart. Being set apart for God. See, this idea of being made in righteousness and holiness, this is the idea of being set apart for God and being given a new heart. We're created to love God, to love, to worship, to serve him for our desires and our affections, to be for God above everything else, but that's distorted by sin. And our desire, our love becomes a love of sin. We're trapped in slavery to sin by the chains of our love for sin. But in Christ, we are given a new heart. We're created in, in righteousness and holiness. We're given new loves. Scripture talks about this in Ezekiel chapter 36 and Ezekiel 36, 26. It says this, I will give you a new heart, a new spirit I will put in you. I will remove your heart of stone from your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh. Because of our sin, our hearts are hardened towards the love of God. But the incredible news of the gospel is that when we put our faith and our trust in Christ, he comes along and he gives us a new heart. A new heart that is now designed to desire the God that we were made for. To love God above all else. A heart that is freed from the chains of sin that keep us in bondage to our sin. Because now we are freed to love God. God. But there's still a problem, isn't there? See, what does sin do? It darkens our mind. It hardens our heart. And because of sin, we are dead in our spirit. Well, here in Ephesians chapter 4, Paul talks about being putting on this, this new man. He talks about this new life that we're given in Jesus, and he talks about the fact that it renews our mind, that it gives us this new heart of flesh where our heart of stone used to be, but we still have a problem because the wages of our sin, what we deserve for our sin is still death. Our spirits are still dead in our sin. For that, we go to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2 says this. 
you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. That's who we were. That describes every single one of us apart from Christ. Every single one of us, we're not just darkened in our minds, we're not just hardened in our hearts, we are dead in our sin. Dead in the trespasses and sins in which we once walked. Following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, that's Satan. We are dead and we are trapped in our sin. We're following the lead of Satan. It says we are by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. The only thing that we deserve from God is his wrath. Because we have sinned against our creator. We have committed treason against the king of the universe who made us. We've denied him. We've sought after other things. And because of that, we deserve wrath. We are dead in our sin. But in verse 4, we see that wonderful word of hope once again. The same one that we saw in Ephesians chapter 4. When it said, that is who you were, but that is not who you are now that you have heard Christ. We see the same thing here in Ephesians chapter 2. It says, that is who you were, dead in your sin. But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ. For it is by grace that you have been saved. You guys see, this is the truth of the gospel. It's that every single one of us has sinned against God because our eyes are darkened to the truth of his word. We trade the truth about him for a lie. We worship creation rather than creator. Our hearts are hardened towards him and we love our sin. And because of all of that, we deserve death. We deserve nothing from God but wrath. Nothing from God but punishment. Nothing from God but justice from the righteous judge of the universe. That's all that we deserve. But God is rich in mercy. He's full of steadfast love for his children. And so what does he do? When we were dead in our sin, he makes us alive together with Christ. God himself took on flesh. Jesus Christ, born as a baby, he lived the perfect life that you and I could never live. He went to the cross and he died the death that you and I deserve for our sin. And that he rose again, that we might be given new life in him. That our spirits might no longer be dead in our sin, but that they might be alive in Christ. That we might no longer be alienated from the life of God, but that we might be recrafted, made new, 
and finally able to live out the purpose for which we were created, to live the life that we were made for, a life of knowing and loving and serving God, no longer separated from him, but now able to live out our purpose, an eternal life of love and worship to our creator and our king. That's what it means to be made new. That's what it means to be recrafted. That's what it means to have new life in Christ. It means that our eyes are open to the truth of God. That our hearts are softened to the love of God. And that our spirits are given life. Life in God. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 says it like this. 2 Corinthians 5 starting in verse 17. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away and behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself. That means he made us right with him. We were separated because of our sin, and he reconciled us. He made us right with him. Through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself not counting their trespasses, their sins against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors of Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled, made right with God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, that in him we might become the righteousness of God. This whole weekend is about this idea of being recrafted. That when God made mankind, he made us for the express purpose of giving him glory. He made us for the purpose of knowing and loving and serving him. But because of our sin, we are separated from that purpose. We are separated from the life of God and we deserve the wrath of God. But God is so rich in love and mercy. He's not just our creator, but he's also our father. And so what does he do? When we deserve nothing but wrath, he goes. He lives a perfect life in our place. And Christ, Jesus, takes the wrath of the Father, the wrath that you deserved and the wrath that I deserved. He took it on himself and paid the penalty of our sin. But because he is God, death could not hold him. And so three days later, he rose from the grave so that we too could have new life. You guys, you see, the gospel is not just the news that Jesus died for you to save you from hell. That's part of it. 
But that's not the whole gospel. The whole gospel is this, that Jesus came, that he lived, that he died, and that he rose again to give you a new mind, to give you a new heart, and to give you new and eternal life. A life that starts today and continues on through eternity. A life of knowing and loving and serving God. A life of being freed not just from the punishment of your sin, but also from the power of your sin. And ultimately, a life freed from the presence of sin in the presence of God the Father for all of eternity. The gospel isn't just about being saved from hell. It's about being made new by the God who made us, who knows us, and who loves us. Some of you in here have never been made new. You've never put your faith and your trust in Jesus. You're living a life seeking after lies. A life loving sin. A life desperately seeking purpose, fulfillment, happiness, in all kinds of different things that just lie to you over and over and over again. But I'm here to tell you that your purpose is bound up in Christ. That you were made to know and to love and to serve him. And until you stop and you give up your life and you say, Jesus, I can't do this on my own. I need you. I'm a sinner and I can't make it right. But I trust in you. Until you do that, you will never be able to live the life that you were designed to live. You will never be able to fulfill the purpose that you were made for. Because the God who made you on purpose, for a purpose, he wants to recraft you. To make you new, to finally fulfill that purpose. Knowing, loving, serving, worshiping, honoring, obeying, glorifying him for all of eternity. Some of you have never done that before. But the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. That means if you will yield, if you will repent, if you will turn from your sin, if you will turn towards God, if you will go before the throne of Jesus and say, I sinned, I deserve punishment, but I want to be made new by you and live a new life in your power. And the incredible news of the gospel is that the God who owes you nothing but wrath, he shows you mercy. For others of you, you have done that. You have put your faith and your trust in Jesus. You've realized that you're a sinner and that you need to be made new. You need to be made to be be made righteous by someone outside of yourself that you can't be good enough on your own. But maybe even though you, you realize that, you've said that, sometimes you still feel like, like you have to be. You're, 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 still, you're still struggling. You're not where you, you want to be. You, you still feel like 
you're, you're struggling with sin in, in ways that, that you shouldn't be struggling anymore. Well, tomorrow we're going to talk more about what it looks like to actually live out this recrafted life. But for those of you who are in here who have put your faith and trust in Jesus and you're just struggling tonight, what I want you to know is that the God who made you is also the God who has remade you. That if your faith and trust is truly in Jesus, then this is who you are. You're no longer a smashed snowman. You are a person whose eyes have been opened to the truth of God, whose heart has been softened to the love of God, and whose spirit has been given new life by the power of God. That is who you are. And that old person who's still trapped in the chains of sin, whose mind is still darkened, whose heart is still hardened, and whose spirit is dead, that old person is gone. That's not you anymore. Like Paul says in Galatians 2.20, it is no longer I who live, it is now Christ who lives in me, and the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. In just a second, I'm going to pray. When I do, um, Tim Atope is going to come up, and he's going he's to lead us in, in a song. And it's just a time of reflection, a time to, to think about this idea that, that we have been recrafted, that for those of us who are faith and trust is in Jesus, we've been made a completely new creation at great expense and great cost to him. That in order to make us new, the potter, our father, our God, our king, he went to the cross. He died for us and he rose again for us. So for those of you who have not been made new, who have never put your faith and trust in Jesus, I want to extend an invitation to you. Tonight after... After we have this song of reflection, Annalise is going to come up and she's going to dismiss you guys. And, and when she does, I would encourage you, if you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus, if you're still living that life free of purpose, of, of, of direction, seeking after all kinds of things that tell you lies, I'm here to tell you that you're still dead in your sin. But you don't have to be. Because the very God who made you, he offers a way to be made new. And if tonight you want to put your faith and trust in Jesus for the first time, you want to become recrafted, you want to be made into a new person with eyes open to the truth of God, with a heart softened to the love of God, and with the new life by the power of God you want to do that tonight, then when we dismiss, when we send you guys out, I'd encourage you to stay here. Talk with your counselor. Ask them your questions. Pray with them. Open scripture with them. Because the God who made you by the power of Jesus' death and resurrection, he offers to make you new tonight. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word.
God, we thank you that you don't just make us and then leave us in our sin. But God, even when we don't deserve it, even though we were still sinners, you died for us. And you offered to make us new. To give us new minds, to give us new hearts, and to give us a new life. A life of knowing and loving and serving you. A life of living out our purpose for all of eternity. Freed from not just the punishment of our sin. Not just the penalty of our sin. But the power of our sin. And ultimately, God, the presence of our sin as we spend eternity with you in heaven. God, I thank you for all the students in this room who have been recrafted by you. I pray that you would help them to have an accurate view of themselves. No longer someone who is trapped in sin, but now someone who is freed by your love and your grace and your mercy. And God, I pray for the students in this room who have never put their faith and trust in you. I pray that they would realize the bonds that sin has them in. They would realize that their minds have been darkened, their hearts have been hardened, that their spirits are dead. And God, that they would cry out to you for mercy and grace on the basis of Jesus' work on the cross, that they might be made new to enter into your family for all of eternity. We thank you for your love, and we thank you for your grace. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you for new life. In Jesus' name, amen.